Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is a show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. One of the most crippling things about 2020 and 2021 has been the stark division amongst we the people. The narrative in any mainstream media outlet is clearly designed to create separation instead of unity. Mask wearers versus unmasked, vaccinated versus unvaccinated, Biden supporters versus Trump supporters, BLM versus back the blue. There's a subconscious tendency to demonize the other side. I've spoken and written about this on several occasions. We have to find a path that integrates all aspects of ourselves and all aspects of we the people. The left and right both have their own unique conditioning, and part of that conditioning seems to be to put the other side in a sort of aren't-they-stupid sort of thing. As someone who was a liberal for 30 years, I know the conditioning of the left quite well. I am a product of it. However, as the radical left advanced on my tried-and-true traditional liberal foundation, I found myself looking for less constraints for my ideas and my truth. Between identity politics that focused on dividing us along racial and sexual identities— a stifling conformity that would not allow me to question the mainstream narrative without being canceled, I naturally started to drift to the right in search of others who were curious and questioning about what the hell was going on. I don't know about you, but I don't like it when I hold harsh judgments of whoever's in the other group. Thoughts like they are stupid or they are crazy or insane or how can they be so in the dark and ignorant, etc., etc., Don't let me express my natural love of our mutual humanity. It is true I have interesting new friends in the Patriot community, but I also have tons of loved ones on the left, and I see them working to figure things out. It's not easy, I know that. These are challenging times to navigate, and on a personal level, I'm working on my compassion to not be so quick to condemn my brothers and sisters who are at a different stage or even a different path up the mountain. For those that I traveled far and long with on the left, I haven't abandoned any of you. Not in any permanent sense, anyways. We are all mystic travelers finding our way. If our paths were deeply connected in the past, my sense is that we will see each other again on common ground. There may be much to learn by traveling separate roads right now. In this episode, I thought you would enjoy hearing two friends with quite different political orientations taking a run at a few of the issues that seem to be so deeply dividing us. I hope you enjoy it. My guest today is Chris Beatty. Chris has been a computer engineer for the last 25 years. Finding that the stress and rigors of 12-plus-hour workdays was taking a toll on his health, Chris decided to apply his engineering skills to improve his life, becoming a biohacker of sorts. Books, podcasts, doctors, medications, Eastern medicine, Chris has explored and experimented far and wide. His personal mission and passion is to help others to find their most enlightened, capable, healthy, and happy version of themselves. Here is my interview with Chris Beatty. Okay, I'm here with Chris Beatty, my friend, biohacker, friend, thought leader, future podcaster, perhaps, Chris Beatty. Yes. Chris, Chris, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It's good to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me again, Tony. It's always awesome to be here. Yeah, yeah. You're joining the ranks of the, the two-time uh, uh, guests, so you're in, you're in good company with only about maybe seven or eight others that have been uh, on more than once. So good stuff. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, we're, we're talking in this, in this episode, we're talking all about, and I know this is something that both you and I share a concern and, a, um, you know, we both are really pro humanity. And one of the things that, 
that has bothered me, and I know that it's bothered you, is this kind of division around the left and the right. Um, you know, I haven't spoken to a lot of my liberal friends through all this, and uh, and it has bothered me a lot. And I know that you've also had run-ins, and I, I know that it goes against maybe both yours and I, you know, our, our natural affinity for the whole tribe. And I so I wanted to just ask you, I think I think it's rare um, for people kind of at the opposite ends of the political spectrum to be close friends, which is what you and I are. And so I thought for our listeners, I just give you a chance to maybe describe what your political orientation is and then, and then I'll follow suit. So they kind of know where we're coming from as we start to get into um, some of the questions and how this got divided and how do we start to heal this up? So, yeah. Sounds good. Um, I would say that I'm new politically, uh, first Mm -hmm. and foremost, simply because uh, it was only in the last maybe six or seven years ago. I know people are going to hear it hate hearing this, but uh, that I even registered to vote or got mm. involved. Um, but yes, I most certainly would say that I I align more on the liberal left democratic side. But on the same note, I'd like to say I follow the issues. So mm-hmm. some of the things I bet we're going to talk about today when people hear left and liberal and that I'm, you know, for instance, pro-gun, yeah. that's going to boggle people's minds. But, you know, yeah, I would say that I'm uh, more of a peace and love, liberal left, you know, take care of everybody kind of guy. That's great. I mean, I, I was a liberal for 30 years and I think I always thought I was going to be a liberal all the way through. Uh, But I'm more, I, I'm more identified with as a right-leaning libertarian. If I took a quiz on politics, I have followed politics for a long time, but I just started feeling really confined on the left as they started adding more and more of kind of racial division and uh, critical race theory, all the, all the gender politics and all that. I started feeling really like it wasn't my party anymore. What started off the beautiful thing about being a traditional liberal was it was always kind of a live and let live kind of like what you said. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I lived in New York city, I would see the democratic national convention and it would be everybody. And I'm like, here's humanity. And then you'd see the Republican, it'd be all the old white guys, right. In their khakis. (laughs) And I'd be like, I don't really jive with that, but here I am now just in the last few years, having moved to the right, because I feel like there's more breathing room and maybe I've gotten to be more uh, issue oriented. I'm you and I talked about guns. I don't own a gun and I used to be very sort of gun control as a liberal, but now I'm very leave the um, leave the Constitution alone. As a libertarian, I'm like if they start chipping away at the Second Amendment, then what's going to stop them from taking away the First Amendment? Like I become more concerned with the whole issue of the Constitution rather than it zeroed down on you know the you know the gun thing. So um, yeah, I guess where do you get your? How do you put together your news right now? Like where where do you get it from? Like there's some people that are like I get it all from social media, and I'm like wow. Um, but I was going to share mine, but I wanted to find out like where how do you cobble together what the hell's happening in the world right now? So yeah, I will I will uh, precurse this statement with uh, again. <laughs> I apologize. Please hear me out when I start. But yes, um, I have been quite frankly, and it's not for any specific reason. I just have never paid attention to the news. Period. I don't yeah. watch the news. I don't look at the news online. I don't you know. I've always stayed away from it. I'm always happier that way. 
Yeah. But with that said, I am pretty large in the social media scene. So whether it be at parties, people talking about subjects at work, people talking about things or seeing something on social media, you know, you know, Trump wants to build a wall like, okay, I haven't heard about that, you know. Let's go out. Let's look at some news sources. Let's find some stuff. Let's check some of the left. Let's check some of the right. And, you know, start to put together a, a thought process. So I don't ever necessarily have a, a big picture view of what's going on in the world or what the, the big issues are in the United States. It's predominantly driven by what are my friends talking about and what are their yeah. concerns? And then I dig in from there. I think that's I think that's a common approach. I think it might be more common than you think, actually, because I think that people get inundated with the news. It doesn't matter yeah. if you listen to MSNBC, CNN, Fox. It doesn't matter. It's the how shrill they are. And they're always bashing on the other side. It gets really yeah. exhausting. I mean, how long can you go, yay, bash at Trump or yay, bash at Biden before you're like, this is kind of old. Like, yeah. this is, it feels like you're trying to play me and get me really mad at the whole other tribe. You know, I've kind of started getting mine from a source called Telegram and they have one feed there called We the Media, which is a lot of citizen journalism. And I appreciate that. It's very pro-Trump though. Um, And the Epoch Times, which I used to work for when I first was doing the podcast, I was actually hired by them to do, to start Basecamp for Men. And um, they're, they're, they're an interesting um, group in that they are Chinese expats, very um, critical of communism. So they take a real kind of anti-communist yeah. stance, but by by extension, they're also critical of cultural Marxism and things on the left. So it ends up being a right-wing, you know, source. But I find like I can cobble it together with that better yeah. than just going on on social media, which um, I don't know. I, I I get triggered kind of easily on social media with with news sources sometimes, where I'm like, I, yeah, the, I feel the, you. The memes. I mean, there's just some mean stuff out there where I'm like, I don't know if I want to expose myself. To yeah, that. yeah. So, um, you know, I get. How are you? How do you? How are you feeling about Biden and Harris right now? I mean, I don't know how the left is feeling. I get this funny sense that they're not. They were con- the left was kind of conditioned by by mainstream media to hate Trump so much that they were like, just get him out of there. We're going to be doing much better. But now that he's out, I don't get a sense that they're really ecstatic about what they've got in there right now. Like I see a lot of people, and I don't know, maybe it's just because on my right wing sources, people are posting like, look, they're they're having regrets. But are, are is the left that you know, or the liberals that you know, are they pretty thumbs up? Are they kind of like, eh, this isn't that much better? Like, what what are the thought processes of the people that you know on the left, I guess, around what's going on with Biden-Harris? You know, obviously keep in mind that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a special breed of uh, liberal grounds living in the Seattle area and being yeah. involved in the tech scene. But, uh, you know, for most of the, the friends that I talk with, uh, I would say a large majority of them are actually very happy with him. Yeah. Um, I 100% agree with your assessment that um, whether it was mainstream media or whatever it was, um, and I'm going to be the first to admit it, I was one of those people. If Mickey Mouse had been on the ballot um, and had the odds to beat Trump, I would have voted for Mickey Mouse. I wanted anyone that was not Trump. Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. Now, with that said, um, I didn't know a whole lot about Biden Harris going Mm -hmm. into this, other than they were the only people that had a chance of winning. Um, so, you know, I I think people are still kind of reeling and trying to figure out, um, you know, I haven't heard of anybody that really is, you know, everything is amazing. Things are so much better. Um, 
I think we're still sorting things out, and I'm going to be very interested to see over you know the next number of years uh, what what really comes of it. Because obviously, um, whether it was Trump or just that time frame, um, I watched America become as divided as I've ever seen it in my 42 years. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, really invested now. I'm like, look, I don't care if you love Trump or if you love Biden. Um, Let's sit down and have adult conversations. I'm so tired of the, you know, like the, the capital insurrection, you know, the, I don't know if you experienced it. Like I wasn't necessarily afraid that people were going to like, you know, burn down my neighborhood or anything, but mm-hmm. it was a scary time. Like th- people were getting very heated to the point that they're talking about, you know, openly and publicly about being aggressively violent towards each other. And it's like, yeah. this isn't what I thought America was. I thought like, you know, united we stand. So yeah. I don't know that I can really speak to how excited folks are about yeah. Biden Harris at this point, but I would say generally it's somewhere from pretty a okay to leaning towards pretty happy with yeah. with them. I I had an interesting with Trump specifically. Uh, you know, I was a liberal when he ran against Hillary, and so I voted for Hillary. Um, and I was mortified when he when Trump won, and I was really emotional about it. And then I just noticed how shrill and just like everybody, I'm like, there was so much hatred for Donald Trump that the part of me that's a men's group facilitator and knows about projection and all these things. I mean, cause I was mm-hmm. like, you know, we don't, how do we, how do we elect a guy that says I'm going to grab women by the pussy or, or, yeah. or, or all of his tw- tweets and stuff. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> Like this isn't very presidential. So those were my initial um, conditioned by the left, but also just honest reactions. When yeah. I, and then, but then about two or three weeks after he was elected, I just did a gut check on myself. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm, I feel like I'm kind of being played on my emotions. How about if I take a, just a step back, get really neutral on Donald Trump and just see what this is independent of what I'm being told to, to think and feel about it. And that started the shift. I I didn't immediately become pro-Trump or I fell in love with Trump. It <laughs> just became, I got a, I found a neutral area where I could breathe because I'm like, I can't do four years of this hatred of this guy when I know a lot of this is me projecting my yep. own, you know, I can be rude. I can be an a-hole. I can <laughs> say inappropriate things, you know, grab him by the, you know, I could say stupid things. So I'm, I recognize that there was some projection onto Donald Trump that I was doing and that the left was doing. So part of me moving into a more neutral spot was that is, was specifically Donald Trump where I went, okay, wait, I can't hate this man for four years. That's not going to help me at all. Nope. So I don't know. I don't know if you, did you stay with it? Like what, what was it that you didn't like about him so much besides what I just mentioned? Actually, that has honestly been my only problem with Trump ever. I paid very little attention to what he did you know, as an actual president, um, I am very much a believer um, in leadership and leadership principles. And Donald Trump does not behave like a leader. Um, you know, when you're the one of the powerhouse, you know, nuclear countries out there, you don't, you can't be insensitive like that. You know, you've got to, you know, we're a cultural melting pot, America. So if you're shitting on women or people from other places or things like that, it's just flat unacceptable to me. You know, you'd never see that in a major corporation. If a leader behaves like that, they are gone. Yeah. So, you know, I would 
be one to admit as well. Uh, you know, being in the the pool of the left, I I got to hear a lot of, you know, emotionally driven hate towards Trump. Mine mm-hmm. was always just this. This does not make me proud to be an American. Having mm-hmm. this as the the king primate of America, like yeah. uh, that's not my dude. <laughs> yeah, but I get caring you. to hate for it also. Um, you know, I was I was a bit of an asshole, and you know, I embarrassed myself a number of times on social media just beating the you know hashtag fuck Trump drum. Yeah, um, yeah. I still don't like the guy, but on the same note, it's like I probably should have given him a little bit more of a fair shake of like, hey. Do great stuff. Let's let's see what you got. Like you're here. I've got you for four years at least. So let's see what you can do. Yeah, I, I I'm guilty of having done stupid stuff on social media too. So I sent out stuff that was I'm not exactly proud of. It might have been funny to a particular group, but yeah. it's probably, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I sometimes can't help myself. Where I'm like, yes. oh, that's, that's a really good tweet or whatever. It's yep. like, eh, you know, maybe you could tone it back a little bit. You know, <laughs> sorry, so, I'm going to be that guy for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't help myself. This is too yep. funny to let go. Um, but you know, how do you keep how do you keep a pro humanity perspective? I mean, everything we're seeing is, you know, divide and conquer. It's all, you know, are you BLM or are you pro blue? Are you, you know, pro LGBTQ now P added in there or, you know, are you a traditional, you know, it's, it's, they just keep, they keep at with these wedge issues and the media just seems hell bent on, us not having these conversations, but to just kind of say, I can only relate to this portion of this, of the population, you know, my half essentially. Um, How do you keep a pro-humanity approach with all this stuff coming at us all the time? Number one, um, I will admit the last four or five years have been incredibly challenging um, at times uh, because I do, I have a very wide spectrum of friends and I've got people from the very far, far like QAnon right to the very, you know, mm-hmm. like over the top left as well and everything in between. It really comes down to a lot. Um, I think social media is a huge problem um, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's it's far more easy for me to be an asshole and to be opinionated with someone that I don't know or that I'm not speaking directly to. Um, and I find that when I do sit down, you know, with with you or with somebody else who's like super pro Trump, for example, mm-hmm. um, like and have an adult conversation and just be open and honest about like, look, I don't like the guy. Like, what is it? You know, what is it for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that you know it has a lot to do with like the experiences people have had in their lives, how they were brought up. You know, you know, perhaps they're fearful of you know other countries taking over, and we have to be strong and put you know our, our boots on the dirt and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you start to understand what motivates people, um, you know, it, it, it makes it really easy to humanize them. You're like, oh. I get it. Like if I was coming from, I'm able to be empathetic much more effectively and rapidly, but in social media, you know, whether it's Twitter or whatever it is, um, you've got a few, you know, a few, a few tidbits, a few words. Um, you're generally living in a vacuum. Um, and for those folks that aren't aware, if you haven't watched Netflix's, what's it called? The, uh, the social dilemma, That's it really explains how social media actually intends to agitate you. Mm -hmm. Um, Suddenly, you know, when I started being very openly anti-Trump, I started getting, my feed was just flooded with pro-Trump and things that were going to piss me off and they very effectively pissed me off. Um, So it's really, it's really hard. You've got to remember these, 
these are your people. Like you used to love this person and spend time with this person. How can you suddenly hate them because they voted for somebody else? Right, right. Uh, Well, and like what you said too, the the social media algorithms seem to be um, set to agitate us. (laughs) You know, like you're you're like, I'm anti-Trump and they're sending you pro-Trump stuff to piss you off. It's like, it's meant meant to get you emotionally um, reactive, spend a lot of time on that app or that, you know, or that that platform. money for them. (laughs) Yeah. So for ad dollars and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, this episode really came out of you and me talking uh, on a Zoom call privately where we just realized how, you know, this would be really valuable to talk about these things because we've both been engaged in this division. I'm finding, I'm finding one of the things I can do, a small thing I can do to keep we, the people as a whole tribe is stop. I noticed that there's a tendency for me to go, God, those idiots or they're they're crazy with their conditioning or they don't understand jack shit. Right. And I'm like, that's probably not the position to be taking. Like I got, I'm just trying to train myself over time now to just say, stop it with the, those guys are so stupid. You know, it used to be, I used to do it to the right when I was on the left. Now I'm on the right and I'm doing it to the left. It's like, maybe stop doing that altogether. Stop, stop. Just because they're not in agreement with you around certain issues, stop doesn't make them they, wrong. Yeah, d- stop with they don't know what they're doing, or they're not doing the best they can do, or you know, have some more compassion. I think um, we're losing our ability just to have compassion for the whole tribe and to say, look, I, I, I respect and trust your ability to sail your ship as best you can in choppy waters, and we're not all going to be taking the same, you know, fjord through the mountains. We're going to be going different ways sometimes, and that's okay. I trust you, and I, and I, you know, there's a lot of people on the left. I don't want to leave them behind. You know, I I want them to know I've got their back when it when it really comes down to it. Just because we have philosophical differences doesn't mean we're not one tribe. I think you just highlighted a beautiful point as well. My experience in talking to both my friends on the right and on the left is we all kind of have the same end goal in mind. Um, Almost everyone I talk to wants, you know, America to be great. They Mm -hmm. want, you know, people to get along. They want to have great experiences. They want for the people in their family and their communities to flourish and to do well. Mm -hmm. And where the problem I see comes is, whether you're on the right or the left, you might have a different idea of how we get to that, you know, beautiful uh, utopia. Mm -hmm. And that's where people break down and start to argue. It's like, if you can keep in mind that we both want the same end goal, and we're just, you know, having differences about what's the best way to get there, suddenly it's not so urgent and it's not so, you know, impassioned where you have to, you know, fight about it. Like, okay, we both want to get to point C. Like, how do you think we should get there? You know, should we go on those boats? Should we go through the mountain pass? I don't know. Maybe half of us go each way. As long as we come together, you know, this, this division, the, the hate, and I am absolutely guilty as well of, you know, I'll hear some stuff, you know, specifically from like the QAnon environment. And I, I have colorful things to say about it and it's not helpful because how many times have you had somebody come at you and tell you about what a fucking idiot and a sheep you are that you're like, you know what? You're right. I see your point of view. (laughs) But if I come at you with like, hey, that's interesting. Tell me more about it. And we start to have a conversation and maybe I expose you to some of the ways that I think about it and you share some of yours. Now, all of a sudden we're having a conversation. I don't feel threatened. I don't feel bullied. Now I'm open to hearing you. But the second that you change that tone into you're stupid and I'm right, now we've got a problem. We do. Yeah. That's really well said, Chris. One of the issues I'm seeing right now 
is vaccines. Um, <laughs> I did a dividing a, one. Yeah, it's dividing. I, I did an episode where I just did a Q&A on vaccines where I had a, re, a scientific researcher of vaccines on the show. And I asked her questions and we just kind of things that I wasn't seeing in mainstream media, just questions. And of course, it got you know, pinned as an anti-vax and I got labeled as an anti-vaxxer. I don't really think of my, I'm okay with the label. If they want to label, people want to call me that. That's fine. Um, I I think of myself more as a pro pro health and pro science, uh, given all the science, not just what Tony Fauci says I should do with my health. Um, and I have a really, I've been healthy all my life. I've been in, you know, I spent 20 years in alternative health. So I track you know, how to have an optimal immune system. And I don't get sick. I don't get things like flu shots. So, you know, this was kind of a non-starter as it was coming down the pike. I was like, I don't, you know, I don't really trust big pharma. You know, Um, you can call that conspiracy theory or common sense depends on your perspective. I just don't think they're really out for people's health. I think they, they benefit a lot when there's sick people. The almighty and they're dollar. Ma- yeah. And they're, and they're making a lot of money from the vaccines. Um, and you know, I just, and the, the final kicker was that it, it was an experimental, the MRA vaccines are experimental. Even the Moderna CEO came out and said, of course it alters your genes. That's what it's supposed to do. So, you know, um, and these things, I don't know if they're getting talked about in mainstream media. I'm not really quite sure. Cause I don't track it that way. Um, but I just wanted to get your thoughts, you know, we're at opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm not getting it. I'm just not interested in it. Um, if there was a death rate that was 15% and there was just a true like global pandemic where there was just people keeling over at the store and you're like, Oh my God, you know, it might be a different situation, but just the survival rate so high it's experimental. I'm really healthy. So it's my family. I'm like, you know, if I get sick, I'll stay home and not get anybody else sick. I just kind of take a a little bit more of a common sense approach, but you know, the corporate corporations are really pushing it. I know I have somebody I, I, that works at Microsoft, she's not getting it either, but um, she goes, you know, they're really trying to get everybody to do it. And then there's this, you know, 30% at the, at the company that are like, no way I'm getting it. So I think, you know, it depends on what your work situation is, what your health situation is, you know, what your family situation is. Cause sometimes people are like, Hey, my dad died of it and I'm going to get the vaccine out of respect. I mean, there's a lot of different motivations and I just wanted to ask you, you, what's your take on it? Are you going to get it? You know, and as a libertarian too, when people ask me, I, the short answer, it's really between me and my doctor. You know, yep. I think you and I going on record is going way beyond our call of duty to say what we're doing. I think it's more educational so they can hear two men talking about it, but it's really nobody's business whether I'm getting vaccinated or not. It's, it's like I said, it's between me and my doctor um, yep. ultimately. So how about you? Uh, i happy to be open about it as well. Uh, I'm already, other than coughing, uh, I have both my vaccinations complete. Um, You know, this has been a really uh, fascinating subject for me to explore as well. This is where, you know, I do, I I struggle with some of the the left some of the time as well. Um, I think it's incredibly serious. My gut says everybody should get the vaccine. with that said, uh, I, I understand a lot of people's concerns. I, I was concerned getting the shot as well, just cause it's like, they rushed this thing through like sure. within a year, like, yep. boy, that, that has some potential ramifications to it. That could be quite ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the same note, um, you know what I'm, I am seeing a large number of people die. It's spreading. I don't know that I can really nail my answer down until later in the game, simply because I'm yeah. a data guy. 
I make all of my decisions based on data. I did this one just because at the time, the numbers were scary enough that I was like, yes, I need to protect myself. I need to protect those around me. Um, But yeah, I'm with you in the respect, you know, if, if we saw a 15% mortality rate with this, uh, I would be beating the drum to absolutely force it on everyone. Just no exceptions. Don't Mm -hmm. care. You're getting it Mm -hmm. at this point with the death rates. I I don't know. You know, I I'm leaning towards it, but well, yeah. And there's there's a reason I haven't really talked a lot about it. And the reason is um, I think it was clear by my episode and maybe some of the talk in other episodes that I was not going to get it. And I didn't want people regretting. I, I didn't want people that had gotten it to think that I thought that they were stupid or that that was a bad mistake. No. I, I didn't think that at all. My mom got it. I mean, I got, I know a lot of people that are vaccinated fully. Yep. Um, and I know a lot of people that aren't, and I just feel like, you know, I want to respect everybody's choice. It's, it's not, it wasn't an easy decision. I don't think for people, um, yeah. even, even people like yourself who's like, I'm a data guy. I got it, but there's, there's trepidation. Um, and I just want people to feel like I totally understand what your choice is. I understand you might prefer a different choice for me, but it's, you got to trust that I'm doing what's best for what I think is the situation and stuff. So I think that's, that's really important. What you just said right there, while I do want to push it on people, if you can keep in mind that everybody out there is doing their level best to, to do the best things they possibly can for themselves, their community, their family, you know, unless it's absolutely required and driven through, Mm-hmm. what's the point in arguing about it? You right. know, at this point, it's just, it's not going to be required. So it's like, sure, I would love for everybody to get it, but yeah. I respect and understand why you might not want to. Well, and, and I, and I pray that there isn't, you know, there isn't consequences like that the vaccines, you don't have ill health because of yeah. them, right? I don't want, I mean, I do not want, wish that on anybody. I don't want you, all my friends, my family that have gotten them to all of a sudden, you know, in a year from now, go, oh, shit, what are, you know, I'm like, that's not an outcome that is, is that I want to see at all. I want to see everybody healthy, whatever that looks like. So, I mean, that, well, the same, I, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have some evil, you know, little yeah. voice in the back of my head saying like, I hope everybody doesn't get the vaccine dies. Like, absolutely yeah. <laughs> not. I, I want this to just blow over yeah. and just be awesome for everybody. <laughs> totally. Totally. What do you do? What do you do if you're having a conversation with somebody that you care about and you start to get triggered, you know, it could be a sibling, it could be a good friend, maybe a friend that you'd been on the same page with. I mean, what happens when you get triggered? What are techniques that you use to sort of restore affinity um, you know, there's people that are just avoiding the people that are on the other side, whether it's the vaccine issue, the mask issue, the liberal conservative divide, uh, BLM police, whatever. And they're just not talking to them. How do we restore, you know, what are some techniques for restoring sanity and restoring affinity with one another? I think it's really important. The first things I like to look at is, um, you know, what's my motivation and almost always, if I'm getting into an argument with somebody, my motivation is being right. And what does that really get me, you know, mm. in that situation? Maybe it's the the vaccine. Let's what we just talked about. I'm I'm pro-vaccine and I'm vaccinated. You're not interested in getting the vaccine. Um, and suddenly you get COVID and become terribly ill and I'm afraid you're gonna die. Mm. You know, am I gonna be happy that I had a conversation with you and I was right and I told you while you're laying in your hospital bed? Hell no. 
Right. No, that's right. horrible. Um, right. So I, I do, I try to really check myself. Am I trying to be right? And is this person coming from a place of data or from a place of emotion? Mm-hmm. Because here's the deal. If you're, if you're talking with somebody who's emotionally invested, like some of my really super like love Trump folks, mm-hmm. there is nothing that I could ever utter that is going to shake their faith and love in that guy. Yep. Period. So it's like, yep. why would I, why would I even bother engaging on that subject? You know, yeah. we, can, we can talk about it. And it's like, look, I just respect the fact that like you love Trump or you believe in God, you know, yep. I don't like Trump. I don't believe in God, but that's yep. cool. Like if it makes you better and it makes you happy, do your thing. Um, yeah. I, I really am the guy who just wants for the most part until it gets weird and violent. It's like, let's just all be nice to each other, assume the best and have a good time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love your your humanity comes through so well, Chris, even though it, your approach is different. You're, the thing I get from you too is you're really in your heart. And that yep. carries a lot of power for men. If we can learn to better be in our hearts, that means not in our hearts with our tribe that we prefer. That means in hearts with everybody, including team the people, team people and, and stop, stop name calling, stop. And you, you touched on something there that's really important too. I notice in myself, even though, you know, I've done a lot of work of, of men's work and all this stuff. Um, there's a little subtle thing that my ego does where I do want to be right. I yep. do, I do want the cue thing to unfold in a way that, you know, or I do. And it's like, you know, it's not really helping for me. It's adding some negative energy that I want to be right. And yep. I think it's a natural tendency, but I think, you know, you put your faith in we, the people, like you said, and you, there's going to be issues with, that you're on one side or the other, but ultimately how do we stand as one tribe through this. And yep. I think that's, what's really going to carry us over is to stop dividing, stop judging one another, knowing that all my relatives that are on the opposite side, all my friends that are on the opposite side, they're doing the best they can. It's, it's a strange time we find ourselves in. These are not like normal, you know, no. <laughs> gentle seas. We, we have been on a roiling boat in rocky seas for quite some time. And I think it's, you know, we're all grabbing onto the resources that we can trust that we know. Um, it's a, it's the human tendency, I think, to demonize, you know, it's that person's fault. It's that group's fault. Why this is such a shit show when in fact yeah. it's, it's our shit show. We've got to figure this out together. Right. So, well, and if you look at the planet as, you know, this, this metaphorical ship, you know, if one sailor decides to screw everything up because they believe something differently, we're all going to pay the price. So like you said, this mess is everybody's mess. You know, whether you're investing in it, ignoring it, whatever, uh, we're all going to have to work together to, to make this thing come out. Right. I love it. Chris, thank you so much for coming on Basecamp for me. And I feel like you and I could sit and chit chat around the fire all night and please come back. And Hey, are you going to start up this podcast? We keep threatening to start up. I I think you need to have your own show. It's yeah, it's going to happen. We're uh, <laughs> we're building a house, and it's already been discussed that I will uh, I will have a dedicated room. So some some form of something with my name on it will be available in the next year for sure. Awesome! I can't wait for that launch. Let me know how I can support you. I'd love to come on, be a guest, and talk yes. to you there. It'd be so, amazing. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tony. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Chris Beatty. Here are two friends who are on different sides of some of these contentious wedge issues but have not lost their affinity, respect, or love for one another. I hope it helps you navigate the conversations and interactions that you're having. 
I also thought it was interesting that even though we made opposite choices on the vaccine issue, there is mutual respect there. We both expressed concern for the other. He's hoping I don't get COVID and die, and I'm hoping he has no long-term effects from an experimental vaccine. Both of us have made informed choices, and we both wish the best for one another. I don't need him to do what I'm doing, nor vice versa. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Chris. He's smart, lives from the heart, and makes good choices for himself and his family. And I know he also has positive regard for my character and my decision-making process. If you liked the interview, go check out an earlier one I did with Chris in episode 41 titled Conversations with Men. In that episode, Chris and I talk about men's health, testosterone replacement, men's personal development, and some other interesting topics. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.